Welcome, Twitch. Wait, that's not an Ian Buck up there. What? Up where? What? Oh, there we go. There we go. There's an Ian Buck. This is 8-Bit, episode 107, When You Give a Dork a Cookie, on Sunday, February 22nd, 2015. And now, Testicular Torsion, the game. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. Okay. So I think I discovered the most dangerous video game of all time this week. And what's that? Hearthstone. <laughs> And that's something that a lot of people probably could have told me before I started playing, but oh my god, that thing is crack. Hearthstone, Counter-Strike Go is a lot like crack too, especially with how much I've been playing recently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like but there's less like collecting stuff that goes on in CSGO. You don't know about skins, my friend. I don't care about skins. And that's like, what you say until you get one. <laughs> I suppose, okay, I suppose knowing what skins do to you in uh, Borderlands, yes, I can understand actually. Um, one and of you have multiple skins for many guns, some of which are uh, T only and some of which are CT only, so there's a lot of skins. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the best part is so each week you get three random drops you get two crate drops and you get one straight up skin drop. And the crates you can buy keys for for only two dollars and fifty cents, which could have a skin. Why now? Exactly, but it could have a skin in it that's only worth like ten cents. But it could also have a skin in it that's worth like eighty or ninety bucks because those exist. I could buy so many Steam trading cards with that. I know, but so I've started adding money to my Steam wallet. It's been like crack. Get me away from this stuff. So I, I guess uh, Hearthstone's been kind of the the time crack for me, and not not so much the money. I'm sh- I'm sure I'll be spending real money on it sometime soon, but it's not going to be huge amounts. Um, but yeah, like I mean, the the just the the ability to kind of play a game that's a lot like Magic: The Gathering, but that I don't have to spend money on it in order to enjoy and you know play. Yep. Is is so so dangerous. Um, we still need to play sometime. Yes, yes, we You're do. You're probably higher I, level than me by now, actually. But uh, well, I, I made it to you know rank twenty in the on the um, on the ranked game thing. I uh, haven't done any ranked queues. Oh, okay. I I mean, let me tell you. Playing ranked when you're, you know, when you're at the base 25, you know, which is the the um, lowest rank that you can be, is actually a lot easier than playing just random casual games. Hmm. Because the game will, you know, pit you against other rank 25 people who also suck. But mm-hmm. like when it's when you're just playing casual, I it claims that it's like finding you a worthy opponent, but I don't think that it actually has any specific like pitting you against somebody of of an equal skill level because it has no way of knowing really what your skill level is I think outside of ranked well no because you there can be there there's got to be some sort of like um it, it might it might be able to base things off of like how many of the basic cards for each class you've unlocked kind of thing, but I don't think that it it even records wins and losses in cash pool. Maybe not. I mean, like with League of Legends, there's casual and then there's ranked, and mm-hmm. how well you do in casual actually does affect who you get placed within ranked because you get something called an MMR called a matchmaking rating. 
based on how well you do, like how many times you win, how many uh, times you lose, and against uh, how skilled the other opponents are, mm. essentially. So there there might be something in casual, but I can't necessarily say for sure. I don't know. Yeah, because if it does have something like that, it's not visible to us, the players. Yeah, yeah. Whereas it sounds like in League, it, that actually is visible. I don't know. Or is that just something that Riot has told people it exists? I think it's something that Riot has told people exists. I've never seen okay. the numbers for it personally, but I could be wrong. Okay. Oh, that that was an attractive face you got stuck on. Just look like I... you ate a lemon for a second. <laughs> Sorry, that's right. You can't see my face because OBS, no, <laughs> OBS is taking my, my streaming stuff. Oh, man. But, shoot, like, I started playing uh, Hearthstone, I think, on Monday, was it? And then uh, both, like, Monday evening and Tuesday evening. And by evening, I mean really, like, mid-afternoon until, like, mm, 1 o'clock in the morning kind of thing was just me playing Hearthstone and ignoring the rest of the world. Sounds like me and League. Oh, man. It's... Oh, mm-hmm. I, yeah. And, and the most dangerous part, the most dangerous part about it is that I can play the game wherever I am because it's on my tablet. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I can do to escape it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Lord. But, I mean, I'm enjoying it. It's a quality game, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I, I now understand really kind of, like, I, I used to scoff at people who would just pay any money at all in a in a free to play game. Um, but I, I, you know, if if I am going to spend that much time playing a game, I, you know, I feel justified in like spending a few dollars here and there, you know, while playing the game. In particular, in a game like Hearthstone, where spending money actually will get you cards and things that will affect your ability to succeed in the game. Yeah, and I mean that's that's very much so how. Um microtransaction games work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then there's CSGO, which makes you pay for the initial game, and then all the extra stuff. Yeah. If, if you really want it. Actually, something that's kind of nice is if you don't actually care about the skins, but for some reason do care about trading cards, is you can sell those crates for money on the um, on the Steam market, and they're... Yeah. Some crates are worth, like, 15 cents. Well, and, like, uh, you were talking about the... Some of the skins are even worth a bunch of money, and those can be sold on the Steam market, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you open it up, it's like a gamble. I, I am kind of bummed out, actually, that uh, Hearthstone doesn't have any card trading whatsoever, because that's, like, obviously in, in real-world trading card games, that's, like, the main thing to it. Like, that's that's the drive. Yeah. But, but you know, I, I, I understand why Blizzard wouldn't want to have that kind of thing in place. Well, I mean, oh, well. then you get the people who are like, hey, you should trade me this. Hey, you should trade me this. Hey, you should trade me this. And they don't stop talking about that. And they don't shut up. Well, that, oh, I hate but that. in Hearthstone, you can't uh, contact the people, like, at all who you're playing with. There's there's no interaction other than the pre-canned, uh, you know, things that you can say with your with your character. Yeah. And I mean, like, in if they were to do trading, they would have to not only add that feature, but then you'd get all the annoying people like that. Mm-hmm. Just probably why they don't have that <laughs> as a feature. That's probably yeah. why they don't have the chat to avoid flamers and. It's it's idiots. it's for the best. Let's be honest. <laughs> face it, yeah. Um. So yeah, that's. I mean, shoot. I I'm gonna yeah. I'm I'm gonna keep playing a lot more of this game and and I've been kind of dabbling with the different modes to figure out which ones are best for like 
getting new cards. Um, I, I spent a bit of time with Sam on Wednesday, and he was kind of coaching me through a few things, and, and uh, he was the one who pushed me to uh, go and try out the arena for the first time. And so, um, yeah, so far I have I have two wins and, and one loss in my first run through the arena. And, and you, you just, you know, you face other people until you've lost three times, and then however many times you've won determines, like, how good the prize is that you get from that. And supposedly you can get some pretty good cards from that, so we'll see. We'll see what I get. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. Yeah, you're, you, it's crack. It, it's yeah. literally online crack. Anything free to play or not free to play. <laughs> Anything multiplayer where you can play it with friends is crack. But like, I mean, I, as opposed to like other free to play games, I don't feel like Hearthstone is is you know trying to like kind of limit what I can do with my time in order to pressure me into buying things with money. You know, it, at least so far, it feels like I can do a lot just with, just by playing the game for free. Yeah. And I mean, there are other ones that are like that. It just sometimes takes a little extra time. So like Team mm-hmm. Fortress 2 and the item drops that you get, sometimes you'll get what you want, and when you don't get what you want, you can take the extra stuff and craft it and then craft yeah. what you want. Yeah, so. and, and they both they both kind of have the advantage of just being fun, no matter how... I mean, Team Fortress 2 more so is fun even when you're losing. Yeah. Uh, Hearthstone isn't quite as fun when you're losing. But you know, it, it, it's, fun, it's fun to just go and play, like, yeah. Yeah. no matter how well you're doing. Yeah. So. Like, my, my first evening when I was playing a bunch of casual games, uh, I was easily losing, like, probably two-thirds of the games that I was playing. But I was just like... <laughs> Gotta keep playing. Gotta keep playing. Like, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweak this deck a little bit more. You know, figure out what's working, what's not. You know, it, it's, ah, it gets in my mind. I was, I was dreaming about Hearthstone. <laughs> what are we gonna do with you? I mean, you're going to have to lock me away from the internet for a little while. I think. Uh, no, I'm gonna have to hop on with you. I like that answer better, though it will have to wait until I have turned in my, um. Section draft for my senior seminar because that's due on Tuesday. Oh boy! Well, no, yeah. it'll have to wait until um, until we finish uh, Sir Hammerlock and finally Tiny Tina. Good point. Tiny Tina. Good point. Good point. Tiny or, Tina. Um, I mean, would you be willing if I was, uh, say, like on campus or something and not at my house, uh, and but but you wanted to play a game with me? Hearthstone would pretty much be the only one that we could play. On campus. Yeah, oh, like when I come and visit you. No, no, I mean like if like sometime you go, hey, let's play Borderlands together, and I'm like, I'm not at home, I can't uh, play Borderlands. Let's play Hearthstone instead. Yeah. And then I'll just you know use that excuse because you don't pay attention to where I actually am physically. No, I'm not Ryan. I don't follow where you are with Google. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not a stalker. It's okay. I follow where Ryan is too. Like when when he said that uh, you know he was going to be a few minutes getting back to the studio, I quickly looked and saw which target he was shopping at at the time. <laughs> Considering where he lives, probably the one in Midway. Nope. Nope. No. Yeah, it was the one up in uh, um, what's the Bloomington north of there it, on like Snelling and, and whatever highways up there. Roseville. That's Bloomington right. is south. That's where the MOA is. Right. Duh. I live in Morris. I don't know the Twin Cities. You grew up in St. Paul. I know. That bull crap. (laughs) At least I know where Maplewood is, because that's actually in our area of St. Paul. Yes. Oh, boy. We need to work on your mapping skills. No, we don't, because modern technology allows me to just use my phone to not care where I am. 
<laughs> and then what happens when your battery runs out? That's why I have the extra external battery that I can plug my phone into that I bring with me everywhere I go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've solved that problem. And how well has that worked for you so far? Oh, pretty well. Oh. Like I before, so you remember last summer when uh, I would consistently complain about the fact that de- even though I was not touching my phone like all day because we were outside working in camp. Yeah. I was I was like getting down to 10% battery by the time we got to you know our off time. Yeah. And uh, I think I think it was during that summer that I actually bought the external battery and just kept it in my backpack. And so from then on, I was like, well, you know. We've got, you know, some some downtime. I'll just take the battery out of my backpack and stick it in my pocket and charge my phone for a little bit. It's good, yeah. Mm, okay. Okay. I, I mean, if it works, I'm not going to give you crap. I'm just saying there's going to be one of these days. One of these where, days. Where you're going to need to actually know. Like, you're going to forget it at home. Do you mean I'm going to have to, like, talk to people and ask them for directions? Weird. Or, 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 you can know the city without then you can get around without having to ask people questions. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll def- I definitely know, like, the routes and places that I go to often, but, like, Roseville is not a place that I go to often. Fair enough. By any means. You know, like, even, even when I was in, uh, in Luleo for four months, like, I got to know which buses go where, at least when they pertain to going to and from my apartment. You know, I didn't know where any of the other bus routes went or where everything else was in the city, but I was like, I know how to get to the grocery store from my apartment, and I know how to get to, like, you know, the university from my apartment, and it's all good. So you know where you need to go, and that's... All right, fair enough. Pretty much. So shall we get back onto video games? Right, yes. So uh, we have some listener feedback from uh, Andrew Bailey. Um, By the way, listener, if you wish to uh, send us some feedback, hit the, uh, the, what's it called, contact button? Is that what it says mm-hmm. on our on the uh, the show notes page, which is thenexus.tv/eb107? That's where all of our show notes are. Um, so Andrew writes. By the way, thing, yes. Before you read it off, say hi to him. He's watching the Twitch, the Twitch stream right now. Oh, awesome! Hey, hi, Andrew Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> and he's one of the few people who might be watching the uh, stream that could actually get back to us in real time because he has our uh, contact information outside of, you know, all, everything. Well, that'll be um, interesting. Do you have desktop notifications on right now? <laughs> so that if he throws emails at our way as we're doing this? Um, yes, but, I mean, he also has my Hangouts, you know. That's true. Can, yeah. That's true. That's probably better than throwing it up on Twitch anyway because there's a delay. Anyway, so... So, right, Andrew writes, uh, The annoying thing about Evolve is that the DLC was being marketed well in advance of the game's release, which is very true. Like, I think they, they had, like, the $100 package for, uh, for like, I think they even called it the PC Master Race um, package. And, uh, and, and, you know, back in his day, they only, uh, they only added content to games way after they were released and get off my lawn and yada, yada, yada. He's <laughs> um, so, by the way... Andrew totally uh, messaged me just now saying, hi, Buckface. Hi, Buckface. <laughs> I got a hi, as in he's been smoked and some. At least he's not calling me Buckface like you you would want him to right now. Eh, well, <laughs> not yet. Let's see what happens. Uh, so on the subject of Nintendo being at E3, he says that, uh, yeah, Nintendo's had a presence at E3 for, for, like, forever, but they don't always have a press conference. And he remembers that because he had to cover the last E3 and the last New Year's special. Yay! And he's making fun of us for not being around during those big events. And you know, it's funny, 
is if uh, everything goes according to plan, we won't be around for next E3 either. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hopefully everything will go according to plan in that sense. Yes. Definitely. Oh, my gosh. I, I will, I promise, I will start planning out more stuff for, for the canoe trip and, you know, start hammering stuff out uh, yeah. once I get to, like, spring break and afterwards because that's when one of my classes ends. Yeah. And then and then I'll have... Maybe have I mean, I keep once I hit spring myself, break, I'll have more free time weekends again. So. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, because uh, polar bear, po- polar mm-hmm. cubs. Mm-hmm. And then, finally, Andrew says that he totally knows who Mr. Keeler is. That would be Garrison Keeler, who does the Prairie Home Companion radio show. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been listening to him for the last 20 years. So, yeah, suck it, Ryan, because people do know what uh, Prairie Home Companion is. It's quite famous. I mean, he doesn't watch TV. How should he know? <laughs> I'm so tired of that line. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> well, think about how long I've been hearing that joke for. Like, we've been doing uh, 8-bit for almost th- going on three years now. Ryan's been doing his shows for like pretty much the whole time that we've been in college, and uh, I'm pretty sure that that's when I started hearing the "I don't watch TV." Excuse. I don't. I don't think that Andrew was the first one that I heard, but Andrew uses that excuse a lot too. So I hear it a lot. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Right, well, shall we move on to headlines? Indeed. All right. Let's uh, the cars. Uh, always do. What? What's going on? Uh, so always crowdfunding games. There. Uh, so there have been quite a few crowdfunded games over the last few years, and uh, we've we've finally kind of gotten to a point where there are enough of them in the that you know that we can look back and kind of see which ones kept their promises and which ones had trouble and which ones like were outright scams and kind of take a, a holistic view and determine whether this whole crowdfunding thing is like worth it or not. Um, so fortunately, a, a user at uh, NeoGAF has put together a spreadsheet that charts a bunch of games that uh, were backed for $75,000 or more. And from the looks of it, most of them uh, were have like released and or or at least are still in development and are kind of on track to to uh, fulfilling all of their promises. There there are a few that totally didn't make it, or you know a few that had troubles and stuff. But by and large, like it seems like crowdfunding has been pretty successful. Yeah, and I mean, are there any that from the the, the list that you were looking at? Are there any that stick out in your mind, like? How did that fail, or how did that succeed? Or well, you're really excited that that succeeded? Most of them... So mo- I, I don't remember me personally kickstarting a game ever that has completely failed. Um, most of them you know, just kind of have delays and don't come out quite at the, the time that the developer expected it to come out, but... Yeah, I, I'm over that. Like, I don't, I don't really care about that. I have so many games to play that they can, they can come out whenever they feel like it, and and I'll be happy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd prefer for them to put more time into the game to make it all that it can be, as opposed to just yes, very much agree. so that they can meet deadlines. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the ones, all of the ones that I have personally backed uh, are like, I, I think they're all green on this on this list, and. I guess there there are there were a few like really close calls that I I couldn't believe that they like actually got their their crowdfunding goals. For example, like Republic, um, they made it by the skin of their teeth. Like I think even 24 hours before they were before the end of their Kickstarter, they were like only halfway there, and then suddenly like a few really big backers came in and backed the project and and saved it. Um, but 
Yeah, no, there, there aren't really any that uh, that I am totally surprised that they failed. Um, I guess this week there was one, um, Goddess, that uh, Peter Molyneux kind of has stepped back from the project. He was he was its like original. He he was the one who originally came up with the idea to bring back like the god game genre that that he actually was pretty much the starter of back in 1989. And he's kind of handed off development of that project to somebody else, and and a lot of fans are like, "What the heck are you doing, man? Like, what's yeah. going on?" Um, so that's kind of iffy, but I mean, my two favorite ones that I've found um, uh, that you definitely should have seen coming that they weren't going to come out are numbers fifty six and sixty three on the list. Fifty six uh, is called Greedmonger. Mm-hmm. Provisional failure. Blue deadline. Released mea culpa post, and then seven plus months silence. So greedmonger. I I hadn't. I've never heard of that one before. Looking at this list. And then sixty three. Forsaken fortress. Hmm. Failed in quotations. Development is hard. (laughs) I do like this hard guys. Some of the comments in this spreadsheet are really snarky. I love it. Which is which is kind of the advantage of having it being made by somebody who doesn't have to keep up a professional demeanor. <laughs> and also, if you guys want to see anything at all that we're talking about, um, and this won't necessarily apply to those who are following us on the Twitch stream, but if you guys want to go and check out the episode afterwards and go and see any of the things that we were talking about when it's actually been posted after being edited and all that fun stuff, um, you can go and find it at thenexus.tv slash eb107. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can actually go and see these lists and add any of your favorites to <laughs> throw yeah throw that in the comments if you guys find any other fun ones. All right. In the meantime, though, um, something that's not really crowdfunded, but something that's really cool. Um, so we were talking about how free-to-play games are definitely a crack, essentially. Yeah. And but sometimes, sometimes they are good crack. They are my favorite crack. It's like pink crack coming out of the ass of unicorns or something like that. I don't know. Where else would you find pink crack? This analogy is kind of getting away from us, I think. <laughs> it really is. Alright, so moving back on. <laughs> um, so, uh, League of Legends um, recently came out with servers in Oceania, so that means like um, Australia and New Zealand and the surrounding area. And so in celebration of that, um, they they are actually building an artificial reef off the coast of Australia um, in the shape of Nautilus, who is an undersea character. He's, think think undersea titan, big guy in a big diving suit with a giant anchor that runs around. So it's, he actually, there was a vote put as to who was going to get the reef made after them. And the ones that lost out, and I'm actually kind of surprised that they lost out, are Fizz and Nami. So Fizz is a fish that's kind of ridiculous. Um... In in the sense that he's ridiculous if you're playing in a good way if you're playing as him or with him, and ridiculous in a horrible way if you're playing against him just because he has the ability to dodge. I remember when they had the the mode where all ten players uh were play as the same champion and it's all just for one. one lane. Yeah, and um, the most entertaining of those was always Fizz. You watched some of those? Uh, yeah, and I don't remember if I was watching somebody over their shoulder while playing or if I just happened to find, like, a video of it mm. online. But, jeez, that was insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as the episode of our show was called, Five Chess Lasers at Once. <laughs> so. 
So I guess this is the what happens when you give a bunch of dorks a bunch of money and, and you know, just give them freedom to do whatever they want. When you give a dork a cookie. <laughs> so one of uh, League of Legends' biggest competitors is uh, Dota 2, and obviously it, it never has nearly as many players as League does. But uh, Dota 2 has become the first Steam game to hit 1 million concurrent players, and that happened for the first time this week. So pretty cool. Pretty exciting. Sweet. Still not as big as League. Well, no. Of course not. Ah, we win. We win. We win. All right. Moving back. Actually, we we really should have put these in a different order. Um, Because this is next thing is actually talking about um, crowdfunding. And our favorite, most recent favorite crowdfunding thing, uh, Exploding Kittens, made by Matthew Inman. Um, So it is the number one backed project on Kickstarter of all time, or at least currently anyway. So it, and, and that's in both like number of backers and also pure amount of money that it got pledged. Mm-hmm. So number of backers was 219,382. Keep in mind, second place is only 105,857. They didn't just beat it by a little bit. They completely <laughs> blew it out of the water. They more than more doubled. Than doubled. <laughs> I mean, holy hell. <laughs> and then uh, I think the amount of money was a lot closer because uh, the Ouya was much, much more expensive to get like the baseline, um, the baseline uh, reward. Yeah. How how close were they to that? I don't know. It doesn't have that. It just has um, how much money it it ended up raising, which is incredible too. Um, Eight million seven hundred eighty-two thousand five hundred seventy-one dollars were raised for exploding kittens. Okay. Um, and then quickly, if I take a look at the Ouya Kickstarter page, they made eight million five hundred ninety-six thousand. So still beat the Ouya. Ooh yeah. I'm also really kind of excited for this in the sense that um, I, I was really happy with uh, the parties essentially that they did because um, they they threw a bunch of parties as thanks for getting for just going crazy. Do you mean like the the ones where they sent pizza to a bunch of like uh, animal shelters? Yeah. Okay. So I mean, the first day one was kind of funny. That was an exploding kittens drinking game, and then the oatmeal artist so Matthew Inman illustrated Kickstarter comments. And I mean, what's mm. not to like there? Favorite one is currently a penguin regurgitating itself. <laughs> it kind of looks like the Taoism like uh, symbol. Actually, though. Yeah. But then yeah, then they then they donated a bunch of pizza to. Uh, animal shelters, which I think is again really cool, because animal shelters. <laughs> Did so. you, yeah, you didn't have the opportunity to actually go to any of those uh, parties with the pizza at the animal shelters. Uh, did you? None of them were nearby. Okay. <sighs> the limitations of meat space. Dang you, meat space. Unfortunately. So one of my well, my favorite uh, strategy game of all time is Frozen Synapse. And the makers of Frozen Synapse have uh, just released their their next game, Frozen Cortex, which kind of takes the same like simultaneous uh, strategy, like turn-based strategy, to from from like a combat scenario to a sports scenario, which actually makes a lot of sense because it's like um, you end up making you know planning out these plays like as if you were like a football coach, right? Um, uh, American football, anyway. And uh, and then your little robot players like you know do what you tell them to, and hopefully the other team does things that uh, allow you to win. 
And uh, they they celebrate their launch, of course, with a with a trailer. And it's I wasn't expecting it to be like a humorous trailer, but it was one of the more clever things that I've seen in a while. So we're going to watch uh, the kind of the second half of the trailer because the first half is just like showing you some of the gameplay from from the game. Uh, but then they have this. And, of course, it doesn't want to start from the timestamp that I told it to, so I'm going to seek <laughs> over there by myself and find it. Here we go. Apparently, it's not possible to sell a game based on gameplay anymore. You have to have some kind of high-budget live-action trailer that draws players in. <laughs> You need jump scares, and you've got to have all kinds of other things. I don't really know what this bit's supposed to represent. But you also need a kind of profound, concealed, metaphorical undertone. We don't really have those things, but if you want to see your plans become real and you like strategy games, please think about buying Frozen Cortex on Thursday, February 19th. Thanks. Nuclear war is bad. LOL. Wow. Gosh. I mean, yeah, I agree with that, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What are we going to do? All right. So, moving on. Um, unless you want to talk more about that. At all. Um, no, not really. I mean, I really wish that more people played Frozen Synapse because... I love, love playing it, but nobody's ever, like, you know, none of my friends are ever playing it, so... And and there's, like, a total of ten people online any given time that I go to play it, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. Excuses, excuses. It's the only other game that I can really play on my tablet that uh, is the exact same game as I would, you know, play it on my PC. So that's also cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. mostly. <laughs> All right, so moving on. Um, I mean, this one's... Probably the bo- most boring out of all of our news stories. It's just that League of Legends has released a trailer for trailer for a new character, or not trailer, but a teaser for a new character um, titled "The Wonder Above." So it, it comes with uh, a guy sitting around a campfire with some kids uh, up on top of the mountains, and you see a bunch of clouds. And there's there's a all few hail the glow cloud. Well, oh, you'll see in a bit. So he's talking about, and then up in the sky, there's different constellations that he's going through. So do you care if I read that little narrative? It's not incredibly long. Go for it. All right. Ooh, what what sort of narrator voice should I do? Um, a damn sexy one. Damn sexy one. <laughs> Are you going for um, um the, the the narrator from uh from Bastion? Stories are not just history. They can be so much more. They nourish your mind and, if told well, can even fill your belly. Some tales are warnings reaching across time. Others uplift our souls from the yoke of everyday burdens. We laugh at fools, cheer heroes, and curse villains until the fire burns down to embers. Our first rule, the facts may be important, but they aren't as vital as the telling of speaking to who we are and why we live. Details might change and fade, but truth lives with us for all time. Stories are everywhere. We build them from what we see. Even the sky above whispers to us. First Constellation. Look toward the frozen watcher. Summer, summer's grip loosens. Winter's herald dominates the night skies. A horde of these strange creatures once enslaved the tribes of the Freljord, 
They smothered Valorin under glaciers and cast a shadow upon all of Runeterra. The frozen washer signals the end of the harvest. It reminds us we must be prepared to endure winter's lash. Second one. A cloud smoldering destruction. No, a cloud of smoldering destruction hangs in the night sky. This is the fall of Shurima. The ancients grope blindly in the darkness, threatening to unravel the very fabric of creation in their hubris. Noble Shuriman's who ascended found a loose thread in the universe's tapestry and pulled upon it. The vulgarity of their ambition consumed thousands of innocent lives and ended a golden age. Such was the fate of mighty Shurima and of men who would become gods. Third one. The power that govern or the powers that govern life and death are not to be trifled with. The shattered crown is a king's reward for defying the shadows of grace. I believe we are meant to ponder morality through poetry and verse, not enslave it to our will. And finally, there was a time not long ago when this constellation was absent from the night sky. Some call it the mountain shrines or the great caretaker. Those of us from the floating villages know of an older name. A name that speaks of a universal truth. The name we took for our kind, Bard. So Dude, I'm curious as to what this champ's going to be like. I, w- like. I was trying to focus so hard on what you were saying, but like your voice was so good that I just kind of was getting <laughs> lost in it. <laughs> I appreciate that. And from this, I conclude that... Uh, doing doing our our uh, like story driven podcast is going to be so much fun. <laughs> yes, so much fun. Yes. So, do you remember that game that was uh, removed from Steam due to the developer threatening to cave, kill Gabe Newell? Obviously, I mean the guy was yeah. deserved to getting rid of or getting rid of. <laughs> yeah. So that game is now back on Steam. Uh, but only because it was sold to a different company. So, like, Valve is still not talking to the developer that made the game, uh, but, but uh, you know, they've, they've sold the rights to it to another company, and, that, and then that company was able to put it on Steam. Mm. So. <laughs> so. You can find a way around it even if you are scumbags. It's great! I guess. Well, yeah. Wow! And I'm not even sure, like, uh, th- so they sold the rights to it, but, like, are they still the ones who are supporting the game with, you know, like, post-launch development and, you know, balance stuff? Or I, don't, I don't know. Is it a multiplayer game? I don't, I don't remember. I couldn't tell you. Yes, I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> Probably not. Not unless it gets, like, stellar reviews, and even then. If I learn about afterwards that it was that, that one, <laughs> it's be like, oh. Well, it's called Paranautical Activity, and the whole point of it was that it's, like, uh, procedurally generated levels, I think. And so, yeah. Just, um, well, that doesn't sound like my sort of game that I'd buy. So, I mean... Really? I could be wrong. What do you mean, really? I mean, like, I'm super excited for No Man's Sky, for example, which is all about a procedurally generated universe. Yeah. So... Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Because, yeah, that does look cool. Aren't you glad I found that one? Yeah. What about... Oh, No Man's Sky? Yeah. 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 That one's going to be cool. All right, so speaking of other games, uh, well, I mean, that's kind of what we're always doing on this show, isn't it? I should really stop saying that. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of games. Um, so this this next bit is actually a little bit of a, a speculative piece. Um, so they were talking about how... Uh, so consolidated results for the nine months ended December 2013, or December 13th, 2014. Um, but something that's actually a little bit interesting is that so um, the first three quarters of FY 2014... Um, the PC only accounted for about 
2% of Konami sales. Okay. Um, same period of FY 2015, however, it accounted for 10% of its sales. So is that because they put more of their games on PC? I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, actually, solid PC download or solid PC download sales of Metal Gear Solid 5 Ground Zeroes for Steam. So, and so this is for Konami games specifically. So that means that um, they might actually start seeing PC as a little bit more of a viable option as opposed to keeping some of that stuff PS4 exclusive like they've been doing in the past. Mm-hmm. So that means we might start getting more fun games for the Master Race. Woohoo! Except that we're supposed to stop calling it that apparently. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it was made as a joke originally. Right. Yes, but like even jokes can be bad taste. That's fair. Like, yeah. Um, speaking of things in bad taste, uh, unfortunately, we are not past the whole sending death threats to developers and critics thing. Um, this week, I found out that Giant Space Cat has decided not to appear at PAX East because some of their biggest threateners are in Massachusetts, and PAX Security was not, you know, working with them to their satisfaction. So they were like, we don't feel safe. We're not going to come. Simple as that. That's fair. Why is... Wait, so why is Giant Space Cat... Uh, because it's headed up by Brianna Wu. Oh. Who is a rather outspoken woman in uh, the video game industry. So she gets a lot of shit. Because gamers gay. Mm-hmm. Mm. Exactly. Interesting. Well, let's hope that they're not quite as big a dumbasses. Could be wrong, but let's hope. Uh, either way, I mean, I definitely respect the decision to hang back and for their safety, just because, I mean, as as important as it is to get your stuff out there, you, the developers, the people behind the games kind of come first. Mm-hmm. So I, I can respect that. I More than anything, I wish that it didn't have to be this way. No, of course. But I think that, I, that would be the perfect world. Yeah, and I'm speaking, yeah, I'm probably speaking for everyone except for Gamersgate douchebag idiots. Douche nozzles. Oh, well. Well, on a cheerier subject, however... Um, there has been a collection release of some rather fun things. And by fun things, I mean um, high-res screenshots from uh, the new Tomb Raider game that's being released not on PC yet, but most likely will be eventually. So it's just pretty. The biggest one that they show on the site is just her staring down a bear, and I like mm-hmm. bears, so that one's my favorite. Well, I think um, the, the full-size images are all the same size. They're all 1920 yeah, yeah. You just have to click through to... Uh... Yeah, I'm just saying that the biggest one that they have on the site, like, for the thumbnails. Yeah, yeah, yep. For a moment there, um, I forgot that I have a 1440p monitor, and so when I, like, clicked through and it it wasn't as big as my monitor, I was like, what's going on? Why isn't this high-res? Oh, right. What'd I do? Whoops. Oh, well. Uh, Maybe maybe I was, you know, bracking a little bit there. Bracking? Bragging. Brag, oh, bragging. I can pretend like I wasn't, but, you know, that would probably be lying. So, uh, Evolve has been out for a little over a week now, and uh, 2K released some stats uh, about the first week of gameplay. So the good news about these stats is that the game actually does appear to be quite well balanced. So, for example, the... um, like the the win percentage of hunters versus uh, versus monster is forty eight point one percent on the uh, on the hunter side and fifty one percent or fifty one point nine percent on the monster side. So that's that's not too different. But also things like um, out of the three monsters, uh, the the like 
the difference in in how often any of those monsters gets picked by by level twenty players who theoretically know what they're doing. Uh, the like theoretically. the the highest percentage is thirty seven percent, and then the lowest one is thirty percent. So like each of those monsters is is fairly well balanced as well because you know we we like they haven't found one that's just like way way more powerful than any of the others. Yeah, and I mean in in some ways. Um, it also makes more sense that because it was the Goliath that that got that number one spot. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense that he got that spot simply because that's the starting monster. Not everyone might necessarily have all of his or the other monsters entirely unlocked. Well, by the time they're at level twenty, I think they should, because this is only including choices from level twenty players or more. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the the overall win ratio. Did you mention that between again between hunters and and monsters? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the first thing that I mentioned. Oh, 48, 1.1% versus... Yep, yep. Sorry, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Podcasting, kind of, I guess. Something like that. Something like that. Uh, And then the final piece of headline news thing is uh, this actually kind of applies to the people who are watching us live. Twitch will be holding uh, TwitchCon in San Francisco from September 25th to 26th, and it sounds like they really don't know what they want to do with it yet, so they've asked the community to help them come up with ideas. So they have a, they have a Twitter account that you can, uh, that you can tweet at to give them uh, some ideas. Apparently they have a website set up for the convention, but at least on my internet connection it was, you know, not working. Hmm. But, you know... Twitch has a lot of problems on my internet. And it's Twitch. It's sad. Oh, look, there it goes. It, it actually loaded this time. Oh, that's cool. If you move your cursor around, the shadows on the buildings move, too. Whoa! What? Go look at it. Like, like click through the to the website. It's at the bottom of the Polygon article that's that's linked there in the, in the show notes. Crazy shadows! All right, enough playing around with that. Ooh. I don't know how you could have enough playing around with this. So I have... I have a, um, uh, what's it called, a review to do this week, but it's not for a game. This is actually a hardware review, which I I don't think that we've ever done a hardware review on the show before, have we? I don't think so. Aside from maybe, like, you know, talking about how great our new graphics card is, because, you know, graphic, new graphics cards are always great. Uh, but I have, I have this tablet that I've had for a couple of weeks now, and uh, I've, you know, played around with it enough to feel confident that I kind of know the ins and outs, and I, I've gotten comfortable with it, so I kind of know what my usage patterns are with it and everything. Uh, so this is uh, the NVIDIA Shield tablet, and it um, is marketed as, you know, being a, a tablet specifically for PC gamers, but, like, does it really, like, live up to kind of that that uh, reputation, that, that potential? Um, so I think first I'm going to talk about its merits as just a regular tablet, and then I'll get into its gaming capabilities specifically. So uh, it's it's an eight-inch tablet, um, pretty pretty standard in terms of of size thereof. Um, the bezel around the screen's a little bit bigger than I would like, um, but that's all right because it has dual front-facing speakers, which is very very unusual for even for a tablet. Um, and that's that's probably to to your regular person, that's going to be its coolest feature, is that it has dual front-facing speakers. And that makes it, like, even better than than my laptop for, like, watching videos on, or or playing games on, I suppose. Um, what have you. 
Um, it feels really good to, to hold. It's got kind of this nice tapered, like, like the, the front of the uh, device is wider than the back of the device. And so it kind of creates these these edges that you can like hold um, when you're when you're holding the device. Um, definitely way too big to like use one-handed. You're gonna have to accept that it's an eight-inch tablet, obviously. Um, and Damn. actually, I have one hand free. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, in your intro show. Um, <laughs> Speaking so speaking of um you know eight inch tablet this is this is probably the last form factor that that you would want to fill in your life right mm-hmm. so so if like for example if you can only afford like one electronic you're gonna want a decent laptop right yes. if you can afford like two then you'll probably want a laptop <laughs> and and a nice smartphone I would say um if you can afford three then go with a desktop a really like nice and portable laptop and then a smartphone and then if you if if you have the luxury of having like four things then finally you'll you'll go ahead and get a tablet but like only once you have the other three are you going to want a tablet and that's especially true because once you have like the smartphone everything that you can do with with the tablet is already being covered by the smartphone it just has a slightly smaller screen obviously um so being somebody who already has a smartphone the things that I use this uh, tablet for are basically um, I have used it to to kind of separate uh, the types of media that I use that I use them for. So my phone stores all of like my music and my podcasts and stuff, uh, and that takes up a, a good good portion of the 32 gigs that this thing has. Mm-hmm. The tablet then has all of my games and doesn't have any of my music because uh, I don't you know. Since I have all my music in my pocket already, I don't need. Bayleaf that. asks, "Does it have a Snapdragon?" Wall. Uh, uh, no, it's it's an Nvidia tablet, so of course it is running uh, the uh, Ategra. Um, in this case, it is the Tegra K1. This was the uh, the first device I think that shipped with the Tegra K1, and I'll get into the like that that enables them to do a few really cool things uh, that I'll get into in a moment. Um, actually, maybe I'll just get into it right now. So. <laughs> So the the Tegra series um, has kind of the the reputation of like if you think about Tegra versus Snapdragon, Tegra probably is better for graphics power, but the the Snapdragon has probably slightly better performance for just like day to day use, right? Um, I don't know that 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 is the case for sure because I don't run benchmarks on my mobile devices. Actually, I, ha- I haven't run any benchmarks on my desktop in forever either, um, but like. That's kind of the reputation that it has, right? And uh, but the the Tegra K1 is special because uh, it actually has. So you 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 of course know that the the graphics cards, uh, Nvidia's graphics cards from the 600 series on up, have this video encoder built into them that allows you to either record uh, gameplay as you go, or um, it'll it'll record like the last five or ten minutes of gameplay and then it'll just kind of like get rid of of you know stuff that's older than 10 minutes long or then that's older than 10 minutes ago and then you can just you know tell it okay I want the last 5 minutes from from the point that I'm at right now and it, it's like a DVR right yeah this tablet actually has that feature Ooh. it is super cool I can like I can record any in any app 
the stuff that I'm doing on this tablet, and uh, it can overlay like the webcam over, uh, you know, over like a corner of that kind of thing. Um, it can, you know, listen to my microphone. So if if I want to make uh, a video of of say I say I'm building an app, um, I could take like a video of that. But also if I'm playing a game, obviously I can take some footage of that and uh, and upload that to you know YouTube and put it on my blog or whatever. Uh, so that's super nice, especially for like if if I'm doing a review of a game and I want to, you know, kind of like, for example, how do you explain duet to somebody? It's a very difficult game to explain. So it would be much easier for me to just play the game on my tablet for, for a few minutes, record it's that. It's a puzzle game where you press the button to, at the right times. Sort of. I, gu- I guess you could call it a puzzle game. It's it's a, more similar to, like, Super Hexagon than anything else. Because yeah. you're rotating the two balls that are, that um, that rotate together in order to dodge obstacles as they come towards you. Sounds like testicular torsion to me. Right. Duet. <laughs> testicular torsion the game. That's it exactly. Um, <laughs> but no, so, so like, yeah, I've, I've found that this tablet is very, very, very nice for playing uh, games that, like, that, that aren't Duet or Super Hexagon, because those two games just look absolutely gorgeous, even on a small screen. But for games like Republic or Smash Hit, or, um, let's see, what else do I have installed on here? Oh, right, this thing's out of battery power. Um, Ash Smith? Yeah, I've told you about Smash Hit. It's, you know, where you're flying along and then you throw balls at uh, at glass things to smash them. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of balls that go on in this show. Um, where was I? I was talking about something. Right. It's, I mean, having a larger screen is always nice for gaming, right? And it, it's actually really, really nice for reading as well because this this screen is about the same size and dimensions as, like, a printed page. So if, if your professor sends you, like, a PDF, it actually feels better to be reading on this thing than on my laptop, especially if my professor is dumb and can't scan pages properly and some of them are sideways and some of them are upside down and whatnot. It, you know, I'm much, much more willing to, like, take this tablet and flip it around while I'm reading than, uh, than a laptop. Um, much more than a desktop, too. Yes, exactly. Although uh, I finally have a monitor that actually is like adjustable, and I can you know rotate it around, and it's not like a big problem. Well, that's different. Um, I'm just gonna leave it like that. Actually, this is kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> so, um, oh, so going along with the the being able to record gameplay, it's also the only tablet in the world that allows you to stream to Twitch from any app. Uh, so they uh, Twitch introduced like mobile streaming a while back, but for most tablets, it's on a game-by-game basis. And there's only like two or three games that have been built with Twitch streaming built in for mobile devices. But on the Shield tablet, I can stream any game that I'm playing. So for example, if I'm playing Hearthstone, I, I've streamed that a few times, in particular when I was playing... Uh, uh, when I was eating lunch with Sam last Wednesday, uh, and he was giving me some pointers because I'm a noob, um, you know, I've I've streamed uh, a bit of um, a bit of Smash Hit, you know, a bit of uh, a bit of Badland. That's a good game to play. Um, yeah, we we actually played some co-op Badland together, Sam and I, and and I streamed it. It's a little more finicky than I would like it to be because occasionally, for no good reason, it will just uh, It'll like pause the stream, 
or like Twitch will complain about um, how the the amount of bandwidth that I'm trying to use is like more than the network can handle, and there's no good way on the Shield tablet to adjust the quality of the stream unless you like actually stop the stream and then and then you know go and adjust the settings and stuff, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and sometimes it just straight up stops like for for no particular visible reason. Uh, so that's unfortunate. Um, so if, if you dream of being a Twitch streaming star and you want to be able to do it just on your tablet, that is probably still not possible. But I don't think that most people wish for that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, if, if that's like the only reason that you want to get the Shield tablet, you probably won't want to get it, actually. Um, the other thing that it can do is it's... it's uh, um, streaming PC games from your desktop to the Shield tablet is supported, and that actually works pretty well, though I've never ever run into a situation where I've wanted to do that, in particular because uh, I'd have to have this big bulky uh, controller with me, and I don't want to carry that around because I have a, a fairly small slim backpack, so I you know, keep stuff that I have in there to a minimum. And uh, so yeah, I've, I've, never, I've never actually tried streaming PC games to it, <laughs> Um, and I mean, if you have your PC nearby, why would you? <laughs> why would you yeah. even bother with? Yeah. So there's that. Like, if I want to stream it from my PC, it's definitely going to be most reliable over the home network. So I'd have to be it still in the same house, which is ridiculous. Um, but I, it, it, it does support doing it from from anywhere on the internet. And then they also have like their their um um infrastructure of servers that are you know are just ready to play some PC games and stream them to to your shield tablet and uh, as as we reported like right before new year's i think uh, until june all of the games that they have through that service are free for nvidia shield tablet owners hmm. which is kind of nice i should probably try that out just to see how well it works <laughs> Maybe eventually. Just so, yeah, so I can speak to the uh, actual technical ability of it, not just the, I don't really feel that this is a need that I, you know, ha- have fulfilled. Um, but yeah, like, I, I think that, uh, that this has been a good purchase for me. It's probably the best $300 tablet that you can get. And, uh, but like I said, like, owning a tablet is definitely kind of a luxury thing rather than a need thing. Like, I would, I would argue that um, having a smartphone in this day and age is kind of getting to be a need rather than a luxury. And uh, mm-hmm. But, like, own, owning a tablet is definitely, like, way out there in the luxury realm. I mean, I don't need a smartphone. You say that because you don't have one yet. But once you have one, you realize, like, that you can never, ever go back. If I wanted to go back to the, you know, not owning a tablet anymore, it would be very, very easy to do that. Like, I, mean, I would have no trouble. The only thing I would need, really, for a smartphone that I think I would use, that I would use it differently from my regular phone, which is silly and small and dumb, unsmart as it is, is GPS. Not listening to music and podcasts? I mean, I have an iPod for that. Right, but now you just need one device. True, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. That, but that, that's like the thing. You don't you don't realize what you're going to really use it for until you have one, and then you're like, oh, this is so useful. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> sorry. Did, did I really make that noise? No, no, you didn't make that noise. I'll, I'll I'll tell you when we're done with the show. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm enjoying having the Shield tablet. Um, 
I'll be sure to let you uh, play around with it. Oh, 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 one last thing, one last thing. So it has this stylus, right? Super fancy. I never, ever used it, except that I discovered that playing Hearthstone is way, way better with this stylus because uh, when I'm trying to, like, you know, select, like, um, cards and stuff on the screen, my finger is really big and fat, and my hand takes up, like, a lot of, of my visual space. However, a stylus is very thin, and I can see around it. So it, I find it actually useful specifically just for Hearthstone, which, as we have said, is going to be a huge part of my life, so I'm actually kind of glad that I have this stylus, but I'm not, I haven't used it for any of, like, the, the drawing apps that they have or, you know, note-taking in Evernote or anything like that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Do you have anything else you want to say about it? Um, Closing remarks? Not really. If you want, if you want to see uh, somebody else's review of the Nvidia Shield tablet, who knows a lot more about mobile devices than I do, uh, you can go and watch uh, Marquez Brownlee's uh, review of it on YouTube. I'll link to that in the show notes. So you can. You'll also probably want to throw that up in the um, the Twitch chat, just because that's starting to get actually kind of funny. Oh man. Okay. We'll have go you and actually, take a look at that. Have you been looking at that? Why have you been? It's actually not been too bad this time. It's been the people have been actually legitimately friendly this time, as opposed to douche nozzles like last time. But uh, we'll get back to that later. So, end of the episode. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm uh, satisfied with it. All right. So, I'm Ian Decker, and I'm Ian Buck. Signing off. I like testicular... Okay, taken out of context. I like testicular torsion. So go ahead, Ryan. Put a marker in there. Use that as a soundbite. You're welcome. Andrew's asking why Ryan isn't saying thing in the audio. And that is because uh, Matt's there, so Ryan's just, you know, giving us a break. Yeah. Uh, Bum-bum-bum... Can you hear me now? Oh, okay. am, am I on oh, my, no. You gotta have me. Come on, fix this. <laughs> um, good. Hi. How's it going? Oh, no. Hi, Matt. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Did you get your mail? No, actually, I haven't seen it. <laughs> Keep on checking your letterbox every day. I, I have been. I await with great anticipation. But yeah, you know that that's the master plan. Just about another week of him just like are you going to send it? Like is it is it lost in the mail? Did I give you the wrong address like the not knowing? <laughs> and it never left the place at all. At all, it's sitting right here. I mean, I suck. like I could be bothered to go to the post office. Yeah. The Studless show. Studless. And no, that, I, that's I'm the serious. end. I have Yeah, um, get out of here. I I have to do. I have to write my. Um, I have to write my, lexer. <laughs> violation! Violation! The lexer is not a violation. It the is... lexer's name is a violation. Because <laughs> when you lex something, it can never be unlexed. <laughs>